Kicks and Kicks is the only talk show that meets your sneaker and martial arts needs. I'm your host, Jacko, and today I'm here with indie games developer, Aaron Wise. How are you doing, buddy? Good, yeah, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, it's great to finally have you on. Um, I mean, we haven't spoken in a long time. We've got a bit of history together. We've we've done yeah. a podcast in the past um, that obviously didn't work out. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're great friends. We, we keep in touch. Um, and I'm hopefully yeah. going to be talking to you and catching up about all the stuff that you've been doing. Mm. um so no it should be good and there's a lot of, there's definitely a lot of value that you can give especially to people looking to get into games developer and uh games development and uh just into gaming in general um mm. i'm not much of a gamer myself i occasionally jump onto xbox with my mates and uh yeah. you know get on warzone or something stupid like that just to kill a bit of time um yeah. so i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not so like game savvy so it's going to be um definitely a learning experience for me just to sort of see all the work that goes behind it sound good yeah sounds good and i mean that's that's one of the curses i guess of game dev and stuff right i used to be quite the avid gamer but very rarely do i actually get any time to play games these days oh really other than just like testing your own you don't yeah you just yeah very rarely will I take something, you know, like a break and just chill out and play a game, for example. But um, I still have a ton of fun just making them. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. At least you're doing what you enjoy. Because I know yeah. um, it got to a point, obviously, before you were, you know, creating content, you were streaming and stuff a lot, a lot regular, quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, obviously, yeah. I've noticed you've sort of gone off and done what you wanted to do, which I'm really yeah. like... Uh, I look up to that a lot and it's, it's good that you've actually gone and, you know, bitten the bullet and gone for it. I think Christian's told me, are you doing a, you're currently doing a course or a uni or something to do with games yeah. development? Yeah. I actually, yeah, I actually went back to university, like full on proper university, but obviously due to COVID, it's all from home yeah. uh, and I'm doing a, an official master's degree in game development now. So I'm just kind of taking all the self-taught stuff that I did and um, just applying it in a, I guess, an official capacity, you know? Oh, that's really good. So it's a master's in games development. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, did you, I'm assuming that means you obviously started from just teaching yourself just on your home rig and stuff. Is that sort of where you yeah. started from? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So I always had a decent sort of computer setup anyway for like, like I said, gaming and stuff. And then obviously, obviously I met a couple of uh, indie devs, Vidas and um, Matt Reeves. And um, yeah, they basically just got me into it. And I've, that's obviously when it started interfering. Well, not really interfering, but you know what I mean. It's sort of like this, it, it kind of played on my mind a little bit more. I would spend more time thinking about doing it than actually doing it. And that's why I decided to just bite the bullet and in the end and do it, quit my job, just run and sort of take a running leap of faith kind of thing. And it's actually worked out quite well. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, no, it's good to hear that you're finally doing what you love so i think we'll 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 break this up into a few parts we'll go uh first into like how you got into um gaming how you got into you know game design and stuff like that we'll talk about some of the projects that you've worked on um recently and uh you know things that you've done um things that you're working on now and then we'll um at the end hopefully you can give some advice to people that are maybe looking to get into the industry or just looking to learn um, some things we can end with that so a bit of a past present and future kind of thing uh yeah so we'll, we'll start from the beginning so what was your introduction into gaming what was sort of like your first memory my first memory um in terms of gaming in general or making them just like in just we can start with gaming in general and then we can see yeah, yeah we can. so i guess gaming in general was sonic the hedgehog back on the sega genesis all those years ago, um, it was like bought as a birthday gift or something like that for me. And then, um, you know, you had like things like Streets of Rage, Columns, um, you know, and then it went on to things like the Game Boy with Tetris and Super Mario and stuff. And I think just from there, I just kind of fell in love with it, really. And then I think with every iteration of console that's come out, so I've had the NES, the SCNES, Genesis, PlayStation 1, 64, GameCube, original Xbox 360, you know, you name it, I, I, I've, I've had it. I think the only one I haven't had as of yet is the PlayStation 5, but then again, no one can get hold of those. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I've been, um, 
I've I've played some of the Streets of Rage um, games. They were a bit before my time, but I've I've gone back and played some of those and some of the old Sonic games. For me, the first sort of my first introduction into games or the one that I remember most is Gex. I think I've spoke to you about it before. I always yeah. go on about Gex. Like that that was my first like um yeah, just my first experience of games. I used to play the first level. And I don't know if you remember uh, if you've played it or you remember it in Gex Three. There's a Christmas level right at the start. Yeah, and it, and I remember it's that. Just, yeah. it, it was like the only one I could complete. Complete as a kid, I was probably like you know three or four or something. So I was ridiculously young, and so I'd I'd make my dad. I'd sit and sit there and watch my dad play the rest of the game. But that's like my first experience um, with gaming. And I th- mm. I think I mentioned to you before because there's only a handful of people that know that know about Gex. I, I've noticed. Yeah, like, yeah, um, it was a bit of an underdog yeah because I, I when i was growing up obviously because i played it like for years and stuff i assumed that like all the kids like he, he was on the level of like mario or sonic or something but mm-hmm. i've grown up now and i've realized like the game i was playing was the last one they ever made because it didn't like sell very well and stuff so um i've actually revisited it i've bought um a playstation one or i got, I got given a playstation one uh, as a gift and i've got some of the old games that i used to play so it's been really nice like sort of revisiting and it's like a bit of nostalgia but it's also eerie as well because it's it's like a there's so much like untapped potential i feel like the mm-hmm. like the hub world and stuff there's a lot to explore and like it seems quite like unfinished and stuff so i don't know um i know the uh the developers of that game or the people that hold the rights to it um they've recently sort of released it like to the public like people are allowed to sort of pitch their ideas and they're allowed to uh they're allowed to go ahead and like make a new gex game or something so i'm hoping oh, aaron gosh. if you're <laughs> if you're free please make another gex game gex for yeah. the return of gex or something no so um that that was my first memory and then i went on to that was playstation one then i got the playstation two so i was playing uh like some crash bandicoot games and stuff like that so it's a lot of like 3d platformers and then now i don't do much gaming if i'm honest mm. a bit of shooters yeah, yeah. and stuff but yeah yeah so you mentioned before so you're not you're not um actually we'll go on to so how did you get into designing games and creating games game development um well obviously for those people that do know me um i obviously spoke a lot about a guy called vidas salavages who lives in lithuania who made things like timor and um uh, he made things like uh, A Dream for Aaron. There's no relation there um, and all that sort of stuff. But then I also met um, Matt Reeves um, through playing some of his games on Itch.io, which is like a, a website dedicated to download like indie games um, and stuff like that. And we we just got talking and then I met Vidas through Matt. We were just talking one day and, you know, they were just like, you know, you have some really good ideas for games and stuff. You should do game. You, you should make games and stuff. And I was like, no. Nah. So um, I think one night I just kind of stayed up all night using a program called Blender, which is like a 3D modeling tool. So like when you see things in games like graphics and animations and stuff, they're normally done in one of these sort of programs like Maya or Blender. And I chose Blender and I made a donut and I think it took me 12 hours. It was just a simple donut, but it looks so good. And um, I think just after that, I'd kind of got the bug for it. And um, Matt then started giving me lessons in Unreal Engine. Um, And uh, yeah, just kind of spent, I think it was like two hours a day, maybe just kind of practicing, doing stuff, digging around, just no matter what happened, you know, just kind of get stuck into the middle of it kind of thing and watched a bunch of tutorials in my spare time and you know things just kind of eventually stick become muscle memory and now I've got 11 games under my belt um published on itch.io I've got one on steam as well which was done as part of a collaboration and um now I'm working on some sort of bigger sort of scoped projects that I'll be looking to come out to uh steam and I want to say two weeks ago now, obviously it could be time, you know, obviously I can say this because there's no game in the works yet, I say in quotations, um, but as of two weeks ago, I now publish games on Nintendo for, for Nintendo Switch. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, I got, I got, yeah. I had to sort of pitch an idea and they, they really liked it. So they gave me access to uh, Nintendo Switch. So I've got a dev kit coming and as soon as that arrives, I'll be able to make 
and published games for Nintendo Switch. Which, oh, wow. Uh, Congratulations. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's quite a difficult thing to sort of kind of get into, but yeah, yeah we've gotten that. And I'm currently looking at in talks with Xbox about a game I'm working on as well. So, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. That's, that's crazy. So you had to sort <laughs> yeah. of, so you had to pitch an idea, sort of like apply for it. And what, what are you allowed to talk about your idea or is it sort of under? Um, I can't talk about it because obviously the way that they, they structure things, I had to sign an NDA. Um, but I can say that, um, I'm one of the indie devs and uh, games will be coming to the switch. That's, that's okay. All. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, make sure you keep us updated then. I'm sure you'll be, you know, posting about it and stuff. Make sure you keep us updated and maybe you can come on again and share sort of the process behind, you know, yeah, yeah, with Nintendo sure. and stuff. If, if you're down in the future, Absolutely. No, that's, that's really cool. So you spoke about um, unreal engine. Oh, this is, this is a bit going off what I had planned, but I, I heard a, or I saw a couple of weeks ago, they released a new, uh, you, you're going to have to help me here. There, there's a new um, model or new series of, uh, is it Unreal Engine? And it's like a new uh, system where it, um, it's like a big upgrade where it, it renders yeah. stuff uh, close in a really high detail and then stuff further away in not yes. as good detail. So it's like, you know, it's more like efficient in processing like environments and stuff. Is that correct? Yeah. So if you imagine, um, when they started, they just had Unreal Engine. Then they upgraded to Unreal 2, 3. They're currently on 4. And then you have all the subvisions like um, version 4.2, 4.1. So they're currently on 4.27. Um, and obviously, but you can download the new one, version 5, which is their experimental beta version. Um, obviously, there's still some bugs in there. You know, it's just, it's great for sort of like planning your... I guess, future projects in advance with that sort of stuff. Um, I have got Unreal Engine 5 on my laptop that I'm using to just experiment with. Um, but yeah, they use a thing called Nanite and Lumen. So Lumen is for their real-time uh, lighting system, which is like yeah. drag and drop, and it does all the dynamic shadows for you and stuff, and it looks great. And Nanite is kind of like super high quality details from like you said close or far away and it can you know render up to something stupid like five trillion triangles and um it gives you roughly around 4k looking visuals at the cost of somebody just running it on a basic 1080p machine so um they've done a lot in terms of scalability to let people with low-end systems really sort of kind of get stuck in with some of the really detailed stuff that would normally be quite taxing on a system, you know, like that sort of thing. So it's, it, they're making quite a, a lot of progress with the engine stuff. So I look forward to when I can sort of like really kind of get into that. But unfortunately when you're publishing like full on games, you can't really use five because of the stability issues and bugs and stuff. Yeah. It's just going to create like more work for you in the end. Yeah, so obviously a lot of stuff still to sort of iron out, I guess, with that yeah. new that yeah. new system. Yeah. So I know obviously you mentioned you don't really get much time to play games. Do you, do you have you so you don't have anything that you're playing at the moment or um I mean we, we got the my wife and I we we picked up the new Xbox on day one. We were lucky to get that one. And we yeah. obviously got the game pass with it and stuff. And she's always like in her household, it's like she's the Xbox fan and I'm the PlayStation fan and okay. stuff. But I must admit the Xbox, the new one's quite nice, especially when you pair it with Game Pass. I recently played uh, and I actually did finish it. I know it's quite an old game, but obviously it's on Game Pass, so the way I see it was free, um, yeah. was that uh, Zombie Army 4 and stuff, because mm. anything with shooters and zombies, I'm all over. And obviously I had to play Resident Evil 8 Village, just because yeah. I'm a massive Resident Evil fan, you know, it's one of my inspirations and stuff. So they're the only two things I've played recently. So, um, but other than that, there's nothing else I'm currently playing, not right, not right now. I might just kind of, you know, dive into something now and then, but nothing sort of like that i'll go away and chill out for in a couple of hours yeah yeah no i've i i, I recently just got game pass because my mate's mm. been he's been trying to get me to play um sea of thieves i don't know if you've heard of it it's like a big yeah like open world game it's all right mm. it's quite a slow pace it's not something that i would choose if i were playing it on my yeah. own but yeah um I, i've been playing it with my mates and that's it's quite a good time you know it's sort of like yeah. a make your own adventure we just 
go yeah. around fighting people and blowing stuff up. So it's it's quite entertaining. Um, yeah. I've been playing around with some of the other games on there. Like there's, um, I know it's quite a big series, but I just haven't played them before. Yakuza, uh, I think yes. it's one of the, one of the newer ones. I um, I downloaded that. It's the first time I played one of them, and it's like obviously I'm not, I don't know what's going on in the story because <laughs> I, I yeah I just jumped in at a random point, but um, the combat's quite entertaining on that as well because obviously i'm a martial artist so i appreciate it like and you can use yeah. your you can use a surroundage you can get out like a like a pipe or something and whack someone with it and everything and have yeah. some kicks and stuff so i've been enjoying that as well i haven't been playing it regularly but it's something i've sort of jumped onto and also speaking of game pass isn't there um the new the new uh halo it's uh it's coming out for free on that i believe <laughs> Yeah, anything first party related. Um, so anything that's done by Xbox Studios or owned by Xbox Studios will be free for, for Game Pass. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Wow. Yeah. That that really is the future, I think. Is yeah, your subscription. Subscription service, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um I actually linking to Halo, like because Halo 3, that's, that's my favorite game. Like, I that's, remember. Uh, that's the game that I've played them. I put the most amount of hours into that. The best memories on that game. What What is yeah. your favorite game of all time? I know you're into like Resident Evil and stuff, but what's like your number one? Like, game? Number one of all time would probably have to be Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation One. Um, I very much enjoyed the remake as well on the PS4, but yeah. definitely, uh, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, once a year at least I will play that game from start to finish. This might be the only year I may not do that. But um yeah, Final Fantasy Seven, definitely. Oh, it's nice. actually on Game Pass, yeah. actually. So maybe who knows? Is it? Yeah, no, I was I was yeah. I, I think I saw that on there and I was thinking like I know that it's got a lot of praise behind it. So I'm yeah. I was thinking of downloading that one next. Yeah, mm. no, for me it's it's Halo 3. Like even like the campaign I, I played I've played for it countless times, but um there's something about that like era of gaming where it wasn't as like polished so you could like i, I would find ways to like get out of the map like on, on ford you could, <laughs> you could pick up like teleporters and like you know i was I was like a eight or ten year old or something so i was like you know chucking a teleporter out there and it was it was just a lot of fun you know and they because yeah. they, they didn't have all like the hard kill boundaries and stuff they would just have like something in the way so um, mm. that, that's like a big memory of mine is like custom games and doing all that and yeah you, you don't you just don't get that in games anymore you don't get to like one thing i appreciated with the halo 3 campaign is you could pick like for example the scarab i believe it's like a big uh, mm -hmm. like big armored tank vehicle you would just get like in a sandbox with that thing and you'd be able to like work out how you wanted to take it down. Like you could shoot the legs um, with yep. a rocket launcher and jump on. You could like go up the lift thing and jump onto it and stuff. So, and you know, if you think of like Call of Duty campaigns, it's like it's one corridor, then you like mash, like shoot, and then you go into like a quick time event. And there's no like decision making. Whereas like on Halo, I'd like okay, this today I'm gonna try and do it with like just a pistol or you know, it, you, you, there's so many other like things you can add on to it yourself so mm. i think that yeah. that lends itself to like the replayability of those that those kind of games of that era yeah. um so i was i was looking at some of the projects that you've worked on and um, recently mm -hmm. i saw one called house of the dead this one stuck out to me um and i saw that you built it in two weeks yeah yeah 14 days for a game jam yeah that's that's incredible so yeah yeah. I was, yeah it's for some kind of i assume that's some kind of game competition of some description yeah yeah so um there's a youtuber who's i guess he's actually quite quite popular he's, his name's mr craven um and we've actually become quite close quite friendly and um he lives in uh, america and stuff and he basically hosted his first game jam so basically people who are fans of his content on youtube would make him a game and then he'll play it sort of thing so i made uh, house the dead built and um, two weeks, which was very little sleep in those two weeks sort of thing. It was a, quite an ambitious game because it had fixed camera angles like your old PlayStation Resident Evil type ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It had combat, a boss at the very, very end, multiple different locations. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, nice. No, it, it looks interesting. Like, I, I saw um, the there's like a snowy like kind of area at the start and yeah. stuff and... Um, it reminded me, I don't know if you've seen it, Hateful Eight, the Tarantino yes. film. 
it looks exactly yeah. like that. Is it was it inspired by that at all? Because as, as soon as I saw that like location, it's got like the barn um, and like the doors like flapping, which like flapping open yeah. in the wind, which I know is like a it's it's you know it's a big part of that film. And and then there's yeah. the barn that's like far away, and they have to like create a fence to like make sure they can get to it. Is that so? It didn't it didn't. No. It looks exactly maybe, maybe like subconsciously, it. yeah. But no, like they were not at one point during making that was I was thinking of the hateful eight. I um, a lot of it was just the way that you do it is pretty much just get your landscape and as a landscape tool, you kind of just smooth it all out and put structures in, uh, you know, where you want them to put. But I guess maybe it just panned out that way. The the whole door flapping in the wind, I think, is more of a horror trope for me. Yeah. Like you think back to films like The Evil Dead and stuff, and there's like that, that that kind of cheap cabin in the woods kind of thing and then they've got that little shed out there with the, the chainsaw hanging up and the doors flapping in the wind kind of thing and you can see this throughout most uh, different horror movies and stuff so I kind of just put that in there for that sort of thing hmm. and is uh, I know you quite often make horror games you've made like some platformers but they often have like horror elements or like a mm -hmm. horror like visuals in them is is like horror your uh, your favorite genre or is it because it's like easier to make horror games or is it just from like you know how you got brought up into games that you sort of gravitate towards that kind of style what's the reason behind that so i guess the answer is yes pretty much to to most of those so um horror yeah it's probably my favorite genre um i wouldn't say horror is like probably the easiest to sort of make though because you because the thing with horror is everything's subjective. What yeah. scares you might not scare me, and what scares me might not scare you, for example, you know. And so really, um, you know, what's become quite annoying in the whole horror genre is this whole, uh, they, I think people refer to it nowadays as jump scares, you know, where they yeah. just use cheap kind of screams and sudden flashes of whatever to sort of make the player go, oh, you know, kind of thing. And a horror can be so much more than that. I think what I tend to do is try and make a, a bit more psychological horror. So mm. not stuff that's going to kind of jump out of you and make you jump, but things that kind of play on your mind and, you know, and things like that. And I think when I did that game, what is that? Um, which I did for a game jam game, there was this thing where you, that was obviously haunting, not, not haunting you, but stalking you on the street that you lived in. And um, you, to advance the night, you'd have to sleep and then you wake up. But there was a mechanic in the game where you had to lock your door physically. So you'd look at the bolt on your door and lock it. But every time you wake up, the bolt was undone. And I think yeah. out of every single player that I watched play my game, that was the most scariest part for them because they were like, mm -hmm. what the hell keeps opening my front door? And then they'd walk around the whole house looking to sort of see if something would jump out at them and nothing ever did. And yeah. I think it got towards the end of the game. It's about a 30-minute game sort of thing. And I think it got to around the 20 five-ish minute marks so are right near the end of the game and by that time they're kind of their sense of security is so low because they're like well if something was going to happen it would have happened now and then that's the point where I go and I strike and I yeah. put something in the game that really and it got everyone and I mean everyone and there's um even Matt and Vidas who are like so sort of you know, void of horror these days because, you know, they make them as well. Um, it got them too. And I just think it was it was such a good way of sort of implementing that kind of thing because I think too many people these days just try and just dump whatever they can on a screen and just see if it sticks. But it was good to see that absolutely everyone had that. I You know, I took the subjective stuff out the window and just threw it out and managed to scare everyone. So I was quite proud of that one. Yeah, that's good. I have definitely noticed, like, you don't always go for, like, obviously what you're saying you don't always go for like the easiest or cheap like scare yeah. um you always like there's there seems to be a lot of tension in your games and it's very like location based and you know you're isolated and stuff mm -hmm. um and i suppose it is like film as well it, it must be difficult to really work out like what do people find scary because horror is a lot like comedy in in the fact that like what, what, what one person is scared of or finds funny it's not going to click for that other person yeah um but no that's good what, what, what was that one called the one with the door locking and uh what is that it's called yeah, yeah. oh that's cool well, that's a really good idea because i i guess um it's quite a simple i wouldn't say simple I, I wouldn't be able to do it but it's quite a simple um idea in terms of like i don't know about the impl implementation oh no you're like, right i mean it was a simple idea, idea just to yeah. lock, lock the door the door's unlocked and 
you know you don't even see that kind of thinking in like modern horror films these days so um it's good that they responded well to that so you created house of the dead in in two weeks how how what, what's the sort of time frame for a, a normal game of yours was that rushed or is two weeks sort of like a a, a target for you two weeks was very generous actually i think that was probably one of the longest game jams i've done oh really uh, yeah wow. uh, what is that i did in a week and oh wow there was uh, a game jam the shortest one i've done there was a game jam. when i first started university they held a game jam but it's called the global game jam so people from all over the world take part in it uh, yeah. and the university i go to falmouth host it and uh, that was 48 hours oh wow I so made a game that, in two, I'm <laughs> in sure two that, days. Was that flat out then? You didn't sleep at pretty all? Pretty much. Or... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, pretty much. I, I actually, we were allowed to have people help us and uh, Vidas actually helped me on that one by doing some like models and stuff. And I did all the engine work and like the mechanics and stuff. And yeah, it it, um, it came out quite well, uh, especially, you know what I mean? For 48 hours, don't expect, you know, anything amazing. But yeah, um, yeah people responded well to it. It's called uh, Sea of Trees. Okay. Um, I think I've seen that one, that one before. Yeah. Is that the that, one, that one with the, it's like all like a red sky and uh, like really yeah. like crazy sounds like uh, music and stuff? Yeah. It's, um, it's set in Japan, the suicide forest. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Japan. Yeah. 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 Um, and that was because uh, it's, it's actually referred to as the sea of trees. And I, I really liked the title. So, Mm-hmm. Um, Vidas did the logo for that. He did several of the models in there. Um, I did the music, sort of environments, kind of looking thing. And yeah, it, it went it went quite well. I mean, for forty hours, you know, you couldn't really ask for for anything more than that. So that was oh, definitely the quickest one I've done. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't. When I was saying two weeks, I was thinking, <laughs> oh wow, like uh, that that's quick. But obviously, you've you've done a lot quicker. So. Mm. You spoke about like Vidas helping you with the the assets and the models and stuff. Do you ever sure. do you use um, like I know they do like uh, Unity like asset packs and stuff like that. Do you use like ready built things for your games? I'm just oh, if I'm honest, I'm just trying to learn as much as possible. Like do sure. you yeah do you create stuff yourself or do you use like a mix of pre made assets? So I always will make stuff on my own but I will sometimes put assets in there if it's things like, for example, a game jam where I'm on very sort of limited time or if there's a particularly difficult mechanic that I'm like, wow, how the hell am I going to do this? Because with with, um, Unreal, it's like visual code. Um, Mm. So I'm pretty good with that. Uh, I've definitely learned a lot, but there are still things that are um, like way, way, way over my head kind of thing you want to do. So um, sometimes, uh, you know, those packs are pretty good to sort of help you and they're good for prototyping as well. So one of the things that they get us to do a lot in university is prototype. And um, generally I will use asset packs to prototype and then I'll go away and I'll just do it on my own sort of thing or I'll find a better way of doing things. Yeah. Um, I normally have this conversation with Matt quite a lot. You know, I'll sometimes go, how would you do this? And he'd be like, I'd probably do this, 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 and this. And that's the great thing. There's multiple ways of doing things. Right. And I will sit there and I'll look at these things and I'll be like, why has this person done it this way? It's like so long and complicated when I think my most recent one was there was this um, thing I'd I'd seen either on a video or in like a, a pack that I was, I was looking at and he had got this massive long string of code to do this thing. And I was like, but you could do this. And I, I remember snipping all bits of it out and just mm. squashing it together. And I think it was more like less than five lines of like code yeah. where his, his one was like plus 30 something. And oh, it did wow. exactly the same thing. And you would never have told the difference kind of thing. I think some people just, they get set in their ways, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's there's a good way of you know kind of being lean in these kind of things and trying to find better ways. But at the end of the day, I guess you know if anyone's out there thinking you know with their projects, if if they're into this sort of stuff, there is no wrong or right way. I mean, if it works, it works. Do what's right for you. It's just um, when there's people out there that I think that are classed as industry veterans and you know they're selling things to help people. Um, you want to probably go down the easier route for the, so the the newer people because 
it's easier for them to understand at the end of the day, you know, and then when they get that confidence piece up, they can do more intricate stuff if they want to. So I never understood that part of it, but you know. Mm. So, yeah. So you almost build off what other people have created already and improve it, I guess, snip it down. Yeah. That's one way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. But almost most of the time I try to use everything, you know, like model stuff in Blender, uh, all on my own. I think I'm working on something right now. Um, in fact, I can show you um, that I made in uh, in Blender, but the host is disabled disabled participant screen share. <laughs> oh dear, hang on. Yeah, that's all right. See if I can. Yeah, I mean, if you can't find it, no worries. I yeah, maybe if you uh, if you send me a screenshot, I can I can drop it in. Um, yeah, I, I'll do that for you. Okay. Um, but basically, I modeled a flat um, inside a corridor, and um, you know, I've added all of the like textures to it all the the models and stuff done by me and the lighting and you know it's just so much more rewarding knowing that Mm. there's something about your stuff that's unique that you can't see anywhere else so definitely yeah no i can definitely see that like um i've been watching some like videos and stuff of uh like um uh it might not be relevant at all or something but um it's uh of like a, a crowdfunded um, like scam games and stuff where they'll like promise like a massive like MMO thing and then they'll yeah. come out and it'll just be like all um, just like re- ready-made assets and stuff like that. So I definitely like, you know, there, there's two different sides to it because obviously you, you're like all about doing what you love and like wanting to make it your own. And then there's uh, people out there that are just doing it for the money. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're not even like, they're not even games developers. So I don't even know um, there isn't even a connection there. So obviously you... You focus a lot on horror games, obviously. Um, yeah. Is there, are there any other genres that you'd love to uh, branch out into uh, in the future, or anything you're looking to try? Yeah, definitely shooters. Um, I think that's, that's kind of like what I class as my my guilty pleasure kind of thing, you know. So I I love Call of Duty, I love Battlefield stuff like that. Um, they're just notoriously hard to make, you know. There's so many animations, particles, effects kind of going on the screen at once. Um, it's it's kind of difficult to really kind of um, get a decent-ish looking kind of shooter, you know. And um, although, funnily enough, one of the games that I had published on Steam recently by uh, the DreadX team people, obviously called The Hunt. Again, Vidas and I worked on a game um, along with uh, Abby. Um, so that was a first-person shooter set within uh, an abandoned snow military base kind of thing and then there'd, there'd be like these uh files up on the on the wall and each file was a different game um done by different indie devs so you had oh, things right. like um corpse pile and uh you had uh things like um Airdorf and loads of like well-respected names and all that and then there was me, Vidas and Abby on, on the wall and you could pick up their file and read them, then play our game and stuff. And it was all part of this really unique collection and stuff. So that was that was quite fun. And that was obviously my first sort of majorly published game on Steam. So you dropped, sorry if I'm misunderstanding, so you almost dropped their game into or dropped other games inside the shooter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so, so we, it was we, almost like it, a mini game within the game or... Kind of, yeah. yeah. So essentially what it is, there's a publisher that makes horror games, right? And they're called DreadX. And um, they basically approach indie developers and they go, would you make a game for us? And then we get paid to make a game and then they own the rights to that game. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then what they do is they take seven perfectly curated games within the shooter genre and they always focus on a theme so for example this theme was a shooter so we made a first person shooter game and so did the other six indie devs as well and then the main launcher or the area is also a game so when you start the game you play as a character that's in got to break into this abandoned military outpost set in the arctic north pole or whatever and um, when you get in there you find that people inside the facility have been killed but there's these files that have been left and she's reading through the files but each file is a game and then um so then you play those indie games inside yeah. that little game kind of thing it's just a really cool concept they've done it with everything they've published but yeah it was it was really fun and an honor to be part of that especially with so many well known indie devs you know sort of things 
Mm. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, it's a creative way to sort of, you know, publish a game, I guess. And yeah, yeah no, it must have been good uh, exposure as well. Obviously, being with those like well-known, well-known yeah. names in there. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So you not? Um, I don't even know how you'd even go about doing this, but is there any sort of uh, ideas on anything like multiplayer? Is that something that's even like in the realm of possibility? Go ahead, fire away then. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's it's obviously something that's always kind of coming up. I get approached a lot about um, making a multiplayer game. Obviously, you know, one of the biggest things for streamers these days are things like Dead by Daylight. Um, they got things like Lunch Lady, Devour. Um, there's, there's loads of those kind of co-op kind of horror, what they called asymmetrical horror games, where it's like four people versus one ghost or something like that. Or yeah. You've got to collect, you know, stupid eight pages or something and then burn them to banish the spirit or something like that. So mm. um, it, it's something that we're in talks with myself, Matt and Vidas. So we did one game as a collab between all of us that did really well called Alone. And we're going to be coming back and doing another game soon. But I think we want to tackle something multiplayer related because I think that'll be quite interesting to do. Yeah. Oh, cool. So it's, it's definitely something that will get done at some point, but hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. Is that, is that a, so multiplayer as in the horror in, in within horror as well? Or? Just because it's us, I would say it would be some sort of asymmetrical horror kind of game. Yeah. Or it would be, uh, 3v1 kind of horror game where it's like three good guys versus one person that plays the bad guy so we'll, we'll see we've we've got a few ideas but it's um definitely something we want to do because i think it gives that kind of um you know it's a learning curve then for all of us because ne- none of us have done a multiplayer game yet hmm. and um you know it's uh replayability streamers love it and stuff like that so it's it's another good way of kind of getting stuff out there and getting known i guess yeah definitely it will definitely open yourself up to like a whole new market because you know some people just aren't into single player games i know i I don't i don't play many single player games i'm always just looking to like jump on with my mates you know especially Mm -hmm. within lockdown it's almost like a yeah substitute for you know meeting up or doing something outside so yeah so how do you how do you even do you need like a server to host um to host the uh, multiplayer game or will it be almost like, um, you know, there, there are like ways where you can have the uh, person playing the game, host it from their own device. Is that, is that something that you've considered or how, how do those things even work? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great question because um, that's one of the things that most people will probably want to know when, when, when making a horror game. So there are two options. Uh, and they're both the ones that you just said. Option one is that we host a cert, we we hire a server, and we like we basically pay for that monthly. Uh, and then depending on how many people we want. So for example, you could go real bare bones cheap and do like I think one of those Google servers, which is like I don't know if it's like three three dollars a week or three dollars a month. It's one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something like up to 50 people at a time can be playing your game. But the max that that game will ever be able to have online is 50 people doing various different servers. Um, and then the second option is, yeah, you can basically create an invite code and you host a match using your your basically your system would be the server. And then only people using your code could do that. So there is a couple of options to do. Both, I think, are generally easier, to, easy to implement, especially the the server one, because I think you basically just put in your, your MAC address and server details that you rent in and people can connect to that and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So um, the other one, I'm not too sure about how you would go to implement it, but I'm sure we could figure that out between us. So the one where you would hire a server would be more The difficult. easiest option. No, yeah, that would be the easiest option. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, obviously yeah. you'd say to like, you'd say to like the provider like here's the details and they'd sort of because i could imagine if you were to like um implement like a what is it called peer host peers peer-to-peer, yeah. peer-to-peer yeah yeah, yeah. There, yeah. I, I could imagine there'd be a lot of like security issues and like a lot more work for like you guys if you were to like implement that yourselves into the game 
yeah, plus the stability of somebody might be playing it who's got a really kind of crappy internet connection or something, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just not good. Whereas a server, you know, you're you're paying for it, you're gonna you're getting a guaranteed speed, and mm-hmm. if you wanted a better connection or whatever, or more people, then you just pay more money for it. So it's quite flexible that one, and then all the back end stuff is then done automatically by whoever you choose to do your hosting with. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. that definitely makes sense. Um, so let's talk about this. Uh, this uni course then so um is is it how is it sort of set out is it um mostly practical i know obviously you're doing it from home but is there a lot of learning and studying that you're doing for it how what how is it sort of set out yeah so i mean the way that this graded is i think it was something like 80 percent is um what was it so yeah so 80 percent is like you're 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 practical and 20 percent is your theory so the way that we the way that we've been kind of working is that we had to create our own website and on our website have a blog. So I've been keeping a blog since January when I started and um, it just basically goes throughout my journey. I reflect a lot on what I've learned, what I'm doing at that current point of time. Um, I address all of the exercises that they give us and stuff like that. And then we had to make a personal case video. Uh, which we upload to a YouTube channel and then um, they get to watch it and they get to talk about my, I get to talk about my experiences, what I've learned, what I'm going to do going forwards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then, yeah, um, that also, that 80% encompasses what they call rapid ideation, which is essentially like mini game jams throughout the uni sort of course. So um, we would get given a theme and then they'd say, go away and make a game right you've got four weeks to do this kind of thing so obviously in the first part of the course um we all worked on our own and i came up with a game and you know that got put out i think in total i made three games for for university so far those ones aren't publicly available but they are if you're a patron on my patreon they you know people can download all the the secret access kind of stuff and um they you know, they were scored quite well. Um, one of them was very kind of out there. It was set, it was like a Western kind of game, but it was, um, instead of people, it was like robots that lived in this Western town. Oh, nice. And yeah, yeah it, it actually came out quite well. I didn't, I was, I don't know, um, must have been drunk or something when I came up with it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it's quite a, quite a crazy sort of idea. Yeah. It's so, yeah, similar it, to, I haven't seen it, it's, there's a uh, film or a series about that, isn't it westworld yeah yeah where it's like yeah. a fake like yeah. scientific uh, western place or something I, i'd be lying if i said i didn't get a little bit of inspiration from that but whereas yeah. they look like real he- people in westworld mine just straight up robots. they just straight up like yeah, yeah like, terminators and stuff yeah, yeah kind yeah. of thing yeah um but it had multiple endings and it had like a kind of a creepy kind of vibe to it sort of thing and it was um also kind of feeling a bit futuristic it had like neon signs everywhere so where you had the sheriff sign it was like something out of cyberpunk where it said sheriff and it was like all neon lights and stuff mm. and it looked pretty cool and um you know i i did a little uh role-playing game um in which i actually used unity for that one um because I, I have a little bit of background in code and i you know i made a, a like a little cube man walk around and interact with people and he had like a weapon that you could pull out and hit enemies and shoot fireballs and stuff and uh, we had to do something around depression for that so this was about this was almost like an rpg it was like a journey of self-discovery and kind of finding your happiness kind of thing okay. um that one I, I liked making that one but it was a it was a pain because of the whole code kind of thing not not because mm. it wasn't visual yeah um yeah so this time around though at uni um since so i broke up in i finished in may and i had a good decent kind of four weeks off and i've kind of been back since the very end of may and now I'm in a group with four others and we're doing their first team project and the whole dynamics on that have changed because now I'm kind of working with people whose skill sets are very different to mine. Um, no one is that great in Unreal, um, which is why I'm doing all the engine work for this, for this sort of like game between us five, you know, I've got, but everyone else is very familiar with unity, but they all wanted to use Unreal because they want to learn it. 
um so they're doing things like shaders or models or animations and stuff and then they're sending it to me and i'm putting it in the game and stuff so we have to do something around accessibility for this one so obviously we're making it we've got a guy that's deaf and we've got a guy uh, or and a girl that's blind and they basically have to work together to solve puzzles in this game Okay. So uh, I think the deaf guy, he can see, so he's, he's quite strong and he knows where he's going. <clears throat> and the blind girl has like a, what we call a post-processing effect put over it. So you can't really see when you're controlling her, except for you kind of get like a little bit of echolocation from time to time. Okay. And it gets the outline of the world when you're running around. So then you have to kind of think about what's going on. But your hearing is really good. Hmm. So you can hear everything that's going on in the game. But with the guy that's deaf... You can't hear anything, but you can see. Okay. So there are puzzles that use audio and there are puzzles that use, you know, things that you can kind of see. So it's it's quite an interesting dynamic. I must say it's probably been one of the more challenging things I've had to work on. Uh, just kind of finished developing this rope swinging mechanic. Um, something like out of Uncharted from, you know, it's just, oh, it's been a nightmare. But thankfully that's all done now. And we got to show my supervisor last night and he was like, wow, this is... Uh, this is good stuff. He was like, you guys have actually already kind of got a game coming together. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're kind of riding high at the moment. Yeah. Is it like a 2D game or 3D or? 3D, 3D fully 3D. Because it's, uh, uh, sorry, Unreal Engine, right? So it has to be, would be free. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can do 2D and stuff in, in Unreal and they have templates for that sort of thing that can help you. Like they have this thing called start content. But now we've gone full 3D, um, but more of an asymmetrical view. So it's yeah. kind of like, not, the camera isn't like behind in third person it's kind of up and at an angle so you can kind of then you can hold the mouse and rotate the camera around and see 360 degrees okay so it doesn't sort of like move with the character it's like no you have to move the camera differently controlled yeah. okay yeah cool and so the rope so you said like the rope was a challenge what sort of challenges did you come into when creating that is it like a uh, just like an animation thing like you jump onto the rope and it swings or is it like completely physics based where you're like controlling different segments of the rope and where it would like fall and stuff completely physics based yeah and that's okay. yeah yeah that's so it's, it's assumed, yeah. yeah so it's like you have to you know you you there's a thing that i learned recently in unreal it's called cable and it's like literally like a physics rope that hangs down and you can attach yeah. it to certain like different things. So I just had it hanging in the middle of the scene. Uh, then I had to figure out a way of how to attach the player to a specific part of the rope, you know? Mm. And so I've got these trigger points throughout the part of the rope. So if you jump high and you grab the top, you grab the top of the rope, middle of the rope, bottom of the rope. Yeah. And then obviously that then impacts, you know, if, you, if you're trying to swing at the very top of a rope, you're going to have to swing like mad to kind of get that velocity going. Whereas at the bottom, it's a lot easier kind of thing. So all of that took about a day because there's a lot of math involved in that. Um, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it works and you can even swing from like rope to rope if you want now. And um, yeah, it's it's just, like I said, I think because it was physics-based, if it was more just of an animation, it would have been about an hour's simple. worth or yeah, something yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah no it's uh it's it's been a challenge but it's good because i learned something at the same time and that's kind of what i've been really pushing myself to do and again going back to the two guys that kind of really helped me get into this there's you know there's things that i'm now doing that they've never done before and they're like wow you know sort of thing so yeah i know i'm heading in the right direction when i impress them too yeah no definitely and i, I guess it's good as well that you're um you know you're working on in in unreal engine and obviously the others haven't worked in that before so i'm sure you're like they're learning stuff as well so you might be taking on sort of like a teaching sort of role or helping them out there which again is good for your development yeah. as well oh that's great so uh how long is the course as well uh so the whole course is uh three years three years so you're in and your... I'm first year still first year okay yeah, and yeah. You, yeah you must be coming to the end of the first year soon uh so the first year will be i think it's around end of it's like beginning of october is the end of my first year okay yeah cool we'll definitely keep us updated on your progress into that and stuff and you know obviously when you come out at the end we'll, we'll have to hear the result and everything um so do you have any um i don't always ask this to people because i don't always focus on just one specific like yeah. in this industry or detail of them but obviously we've been talking a lot about gaming so i'm thinking mm -hmm. about less in the context of like who's going to be watching this far into it or who's going to be listening this far into it um 
do you have any advice for someone looking to get into the industry what's your like, yeah. number one bit of advice first up out of the gate okay number one bit of advice is I, I guess don't be scared just pick up and dive into it you know you're going to make mistakes along the way but just that's that's kind of how you learn from them you know i mentioned uh there's there's tons of free programs blender is free unreal is free unity is free um it just really kind of depends on what you want to sort of focus on if you're good with code use unity uh, because visual code is is very different that way um but i would say if you're more of a kind of um visual kind of person that wants more help and stuff then absolutely go with unreal because that's uh gonna be a lot better for you okay so just the the, the, the distinction between the two is is uh unity is more like a code based then it's and all code the, based yeah. Yeah. yeah and then the unreal is more like dropping it into dropping something into the game and working for it like visually yeah so they have like little nodes and then you connect this yeah. node to this node and then it'll do something kind of thing you know oh, okay yeah, yeah no i definitely so yeah so you spoke about like um the uh the pro the free programs and stuff i don't know a lot about computers what sort of equipment is someone going to need like as, as starting off to like get into it um i think bare minimum for game design um i think the official specs are something like eight gigs of eight gigs of ram and a 1050 ti as a graphics card yeah um which are both relatively inexpensive i think you can pick up probably a pre-built with a 1050 ti in it from anywhere from about 450 to 600 these days so if it's oh, something really? you're really passionate about you could you can definitely get some some good stuff in there i think if you were trying to do stuff with vr then you definitely need um uh something a little bit more beefier than that but the 1050 ti is going to be more than enough for you have you experimented with VR yourself at all? Or? I have, yeah. Um, I've got a little something I'm working on in VR at the moment. Um, I got myself one of those new Oculus Quest 2 headsets as well because they're just so much wow. easier to prototype with. Um, but, yeah, um, VR is something I want to focus on as a major when I, when I finish my Masters. Uh, VR is going to be something I will probably pursue as a as a kind of a big thing whether or not i go into industry making games or whether i work in some sort of business kind of development sort of thing because i've noticed as well um a lot of the car manufacturers these days when you go shopping for a car uh you can put on a headset and you can get inside the car and look around and stuff so the the, the commercial side of vr as well is 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 very opportunistic Definitely, yeah. No, I've I've been reading up a lot about like all the different ways you could, you know, use VR in marketing and and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So that'd definitely be something to get into. I think people yeah. are they get they're getting a bit of head ahead of themselves because they're thinking like I know especially for like content creation and stuff. People are like, oh, I need to make like stuff for VR and stuff. Like if you think about the amount of time people are looking at screens, it doesn't, you know, the time people spend in VR right now isn't even comparable to like looking at screens or looking at social media and stuff but i definitely think like sometime in the near future like you said it's being implemented in like big car companies and stuff so you can definitely see maybe like you know you think of it like holiday locations maybe um or even like a you can think of something like um facetime or zoom or something like that with vr and you could have like a um you know like your avatars sitting next to each other so i don't know but it's definitely something that like it's going to be more popular than it is now so that's a good thing to get into and again like keep us updated on that because that sounds very interesting i didn't actually know that about the cars as well i knew it was happening in marketing but is that something Mm -hmm. that's been implemented it's it's more prevalent in the states and america and stuff like that than over here i've seen it a couple of times over here but i think we're talking about more of the market things like if you go to a bugatti showroom and you know maserati and stuff you know they're they're definitely being used in there um because they don't want the poor people touching the cars but uh (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i mean just something that's up your alley i mean people i mean military use it for military sims um you know uh stuff like that and even funny enough uh martial artists they use it you basically yeah. put those two like gloves on sort of thing and then you've got an opponent that's standing in front of you in vr and you can just you know work out to that kind of thing because vr does a lot into there's, there's so many sort of like 
fitness and exercise stuff as well. And um, you may have seen it come up at some point, uh, but, you know, have you ever heard of the game Beat Saber, which is yeah. like the two lightsabers and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. yeah exactly. My, my friend has lost so much weight just by playing that game. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a... like a massive calorie burner. Oh really? Is is that yeah. was that uh, sort of built into the game? Is it is it marketed? Because I don't I don't have a v, VR headset. It, is, it isn't something that like a no. like a Wii Fit or something <laughs> like that. It isn't something that they advertise. No, before. no. It's it's literally just like a dance dance revolution game. Yeah, but yeah. The, you know the the some like, you you can find some really sort of like if you think about some of the songs where. Uh, like let's just say Eminem when, when he raps and stuff and he's like and those yeah. things are coming at you so fast you're like da, 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 and you're like doing all these exercises you, you know it's it's equivalent of grabbing those two ropes and doing that sort of thing yeah you that's know? what I was thinking it's obviously yeah, quite yeah. similar to it, that it, movement so yeah, yeah and he's he's lost like a, a ton of weight just by playing that and that's it's not advertised in that way it's meant to just be a you know just a simple VR game enjoying that but some of those songs that people put on there are just way too fast and difficult for mm. sort of sorts. So, you know, you end up sprinting and jumping around and doing all this sort of cool sort of stuff. And then it obviously, you know, just end up losing weight as a result of it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, I didn't yeah. even, yeah, that, that I didn't even think of that. I know um, I, the last person I interviewed on here, Anthony, who's, um, he does YouTube and stuff. He does some vlogs and everything, but he's also a martial artist as well. And mm. he's got, he's got a VR uh, headset and he's been he's been he's made a couple of videos playing uh, like a boxing game yeah um, so obviously like because he, he did boxing in the past I spoke to him in the last episode um, about that but no I didn't it didn't even occur to me that like um, you know games like Beat Saber and stuff if you the alternative is you know like clicking or playing on the Xbox and something so you're going to burn a lot of calories just at least even standing up so um mm-hmm. That is one thing I've actually been looking into because um, obviously I spend a lot of time sitting down. I exercise like multiple times a day, but um, ultimately, you know, I work a job where I sit in front of a computer um, and I've been looking into like maybe a standing desk or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that you you can burn, people don't realise, you can burn hundreds of calories just from standing instead of sitting for like those hours that you'd be at work, like, you know, the eight or nine hours. You burn like, I think it was six, five, six hundred calories just in yeah. a day yeah. um, and that's for the average person like, I, I i weigh a lot so i mean the, the way it works from my understanding is i'd burn a, more calories than the average person as well so um yeah there there is because they've, they've been trying to do stuff like this it's funny that the beat saber works where like i, I feel like we fit and some of the other things that people have come out with before sort of <laughs> i don't know it didn't really the problem yeah. with Wii Fit, though, was the fact that with VR, you're just strapping it to your face and you can be as fat as you want and put VR on. But the thing is, the Wii Fit board has a weight limit to it and the amount of people that would step on it and just go crack and you'd be like, shit. You know? That's what I was going to say, it, yeah. Because it, it would it's, either it's like, true. Yeah, it would just like yeah. call you obese or like, uh, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> no, I've yeah. had some bad experiences with that anyway. But um, yeah. no, that is, it's, it's, that is really cool. Um, yeah, so I think that that's all the uh, questions I have. If you have any like closing remarks, anything you want to add at the end, or um, if not, then just where people can find you, socials, uh, websites, things like that. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, it's great to catch up with you, obviously, and it's it's good to sort of uh, not just sort of talk but see you as well. I've obviously been I'm, I'm more of a lurker these days on social media when it comes. I think the only thing I'm ever prevalent on is um, things like Twitter, and which you can you know if you want to follow me, see some stuff. Um, I'm kind of actually blowing up today because uh, I just announced a new game, which people are losing their mind about. Um, you can see that um, on Twitter as at trial underscore by underscore fire, but there's no e. It's a number three at the end yeah um if you want to check that out that's that's great but yeah i like stalking people on on that sounds really bad on uh, things like that so i've been seeing you know you like your workout stuff i know you obviously you're keeping well and fit and healthy and, and that's good especially in uh you know with the whole covid thing and yeah it's it's good that um i think we're all kind of doing like a lot better since kind of going our separate ways you know Definitely. and um it was 
as I said to Christian before, it was never one of those things that I wanted it to be as like a horrible thing, but I just knew in my bones that this was something I was kind of meant to do. You know, it's great seeing all the stuff that you're able to do. And I think Christian's just passed us something like 7,000 followers on Instagram or something like yeah, that. It's you, just absolutely well, crazy. You, you think that's crazy. You should see his, uh, his TikTok. Cause I, I convinced him. I was like, Oh yeah. man, you need to get you on. You got TikTok. him into that, didn't you? He, yeah. He's, he's on like, uh, I think he's like close to like 10k now. He's live streaming <laughs> with like thousands of people, and he's just having a good time. Like he's getting like hundreds of comments and stuff. So, I definitely think like, in terms of like what our goal was was to you know get together and get the best out of it. I think mm. like, even though it didn't go the way we thought it would, mm -hmm. the the way how we like came together and then almost split off. We almost it almost did it in like an alternate way. If you know what I mean, yeah. it almost took us closer to like what we wanted to do ourselves so yeah. i think like i wouldn't i wouldn't trade it for the world like what yeah. happened so yeah it, it definitely yeah. like worked out well for all of us but yeah yeah he said it uh trial by fire with the e as a free um on twitter underscores in between as well i'll put a, i'll put a link i'll put some links down below um but aaron it's been a pleasure talking to you and catching up with you yeah um, you too man I, I really appreciate you coming on um yeah. and as i said when once you have you can give us more information on the uh, Nintendo and ever, everything else that you're working on, the VR and your uh, master's degree in game design. You're welcome to come back on um, you know, in the coming future and discuss that as well. So, uh, and everyone else who stuck around, thanks for sticking around this long. Uh, I'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. <laughs>